welcome to Living a Sensory Life, a podcast that I've started talking all things sensory. So my name's Becky, I'm the founder of Sensory Spectacle, and I've run this podcast to teach you all about sensory processing disorder. We're going to be interviewing people, we're going to be sharing strategies, I'm going to be giving you research, and I'm also going to be explaining things to you so that you can help to understand the child or adult you care for or support just that little bit better. So this week we are talking all about self-regulation. Now self-regulation is a term that you may well hear quite a lot. It might be in school, it might be from a young age, or it may be with adults. And sometimes there's a huge misunderstanding as to what we mean by this term self-regulation. So self-regulation is what we are all doing every second of the day just to support ourselves. So just to help ourselves stay focused on a task, to um, pay attention to things, to control our impulses or our behaviours and to be able to calm ourselves down. So it's what I refer to as this horizontal line which gets us through our day. We may get really, really excited about something. However, we know we'll find a way of being able to understand that excitement and regulate ourselves back down to managing ourselves. Now, for people with sensory processing difficulties, they are constantly having to regulate the sensory information that they're processing. So whereby you and I may go into a shop and the music is playing really loud, we might be able to rationalise that and reason that and tell ourselves, it's okay, I'm in this shop for however long and I could cover my ears, I could put headphones on, I'm probably not going to talk to anyone, ask anyone any questions while we're in here because I probably will struggle to hear them. But you can reassure yourself. Now what you could also do is just walk straight out of that shop. Now if you took someone who was really sensitive to sound into that really noisy environment, you probably know what they would do they'd run straight back out or they might cover their ears or they may well make noises or scream or do something when you think why are you making even more noise than the sound the music that's in the shop so we can recognize self-regulation we can recognize ways that someone supports themselves in very very different ways from person to person and it's really important for us to understand that it's so different for everyone so some people may need to find more ways to help themselves regulate down so to calm and to refocus themselves because They might become really overwhelmed with things in their environment quite easily. Whereas other people may need more help and stimulation to stay alert. So to be able to focus on activities or to think about what it is that they're doing at that moment in time. 
So self-regulation is really, really important. And when we're thinking about sensory processing difficulties, if you're listening to this because your child may have sensitivities to certain senses, you will know that what they're currently doing is how they're regulating themselves. So, for example, they may at the moment refuse to put on a pair of socks or a pair of trousers because of the way that they feel on their skin. However, over time, they may well become more familiar with feeling clothing on that part of their body or it may be that you find a different brand and it feels a different way or it may be that that person is able to find a way to support themselves. So I know some adults who squeeze, they squeeze their feet and their legs before they put on their socks and their trousers because that's what helps them to feel where that part of the body is. So we'll notice as someone gets older, they'll find ways of being able to support themselves and to regulate themselves to be able to do certain tasks. So from a young age, we may recognise some of these sensory characteristics as behaviours. We may think that, why is our child doing that? Or it might be a bit naughty or whatever it might be. However, it's really important to remember that there's a reason behind why they are responding in that way. And so sometimes we have to be that person to take a little step back and to observe and to reflect on why that person may be doing what they're doing. So why have they refused that uh, food or that drink or that certain activity? Um, or why have they gone to something else instead now, sometimes we may recognise this as a distraction. We may think that our child or the person we're supporting is fiddling with a tangle or something that they've got in their pocket to distract themselves from listening to you, so maybe ignoring what you're saying. However, most of the time that's not the case. Most of the time they are fiddling with the item because that's what's helping them to organise all of these messages and process what it is that's going on. So then they know how to respond, they know how to react to that next stage of whatever it is you might be doing. So it might be that you notice um, someone refusing to put on their coat because you're going to go outside. They may run off, they might go and find a toy and start playing with it. However, it's likely that you will notice that they will come back and they will come back and follow the routine. They might still not put the coat on, However, it doesn't mean that they're not going to be joining in with the activities. So we then have to understand, well, why is it that they don't want to put their coat on? What is it about the coat that they're finding difficult that isn't helping them to regulate? What is that change? So with clothing, we know it might be the way that it makes their body feel, so their body awareness. It might be a certain colour. It might be a smell. Has it been washed? Was it out in the damp? All of those. What, did somebody else wear it? 
is it a certain fabric so does it feel a certain way is it a certain size is it a bit smaller or a bit bigger and does it make a noise now that might seem like a really silly thing to say but i know so many young people that as soon as it becomes that autumn winter time of year actually it becomes really overwhelming because their coat is now really rustly and noisy whereas before it wasn't it was just a summer coat that they might have in their bag or their jacket but as soon as it becomes autumn you have that rustly noisy fabric of a waterproof jacket and that can be really irritating for someone who's sensitive to sound so over the next few weeks we're going to be talking a little bit more about self-regulation and when i'm talking to you about self-regulation we're going to be thinking about well how can i teach someone to self-regulate do we need to teach someone to self-regulate or can we trust that over time things will improve someone will find for themselves a way of being able to support their sensory needs how can we then implement self-care strategies especially when we're thinking about self-regulation so things like someone who might find it really difficult to have a shower or to have a wash and how can we then support self-regulation at home all of these things are so, so important. We need to know ways of being able to help someone to learn to self-regulate, but we also need to make sure that we can relate that to everyday life. So how can we implement that at home, at work, at education, wherever it might be that that person is based? And then finally, we're going to be thinking about, well, how can we make sure that we look after ourselves when we're thinking about self-regulation. So some of the ways that we might recognise some of the young people and adults we're supporting regulate might seem quite physical, might seem quite um, intense. And for some people, they will need an intense amount of input in order to regulate, in order to feel good. And so it's really important for us to know how can we then keep ourselves safe how can we provide that input for that person in a safe and meaningful way and that's really really important for us not just to understand why someone may be doing that thing so why are they pushing the ball into the wall continuously why are they stamping their feet but it's also really important for us to understand so we can put strategies in place to keep ourselves safe and to be able to support our own well-being as well. So self-regulation, even though it is a term that's commonly used within sensory processing difficulties, it's actually something we can all relate to. We all need to regulate in order to understand our emotions, in order to be able to calm ourselves down or to help make ourselves alert, stay focused on a task. To be able to change focus, so pay attention to a new thing. So think about driving, think about how many times you have to change your focus while you're driving. 
and for us to be able to learn appropriate behaviours in order to manage, in order to regulate ourselves, support ourselves to feel good. And as we get older, we notice that these self-regulation strategies become a lot more apparent and personalised. So one person who's sensitive to sound may well really enjoy listening to music throughout the day in their headphones, whereas somebody else who um, seeks out sound or is sensitive to sound may well repeat things throughout their day because that repetition is uh, purposeful It helps to reassure them because they are fully in control of those words and sounds that are coming out of their mouth. So as you can see, there's so many different ways that we might recognise self-regulation. And hopefully over the next few weeks, you can take a little bit of information from each of them and relate it to the people that you support in order to help to understand and think a little bit deeper about how they're currently regulating and supporting themselves. This podcast was brought to you by Sensory Spectacle. You can find out more about our immersive training and workshops on our website, sensorispectacle.co.uk. We educate about and create awareness of sensory processing disorder internationally. We travel the world helping parents and professionals to understand specific characteristics relating to sensory processing needs. On our website, you'll find books, sensory support items, classroom resources, as well as information about our trainings. If you have any questions, please do get in touch. We love to hear from you. But otherwise, thanks for listening.